Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures up this morning are reflecting some optimism about a delayed Brexit, perhaps, U.S.-China trade. Got a busy day with the president speaking at the U.N. in the next hour. Europe largely unchanged, 10-year, uh, 1-7. S&PK Schiller home prices up 3-2 from a year earlier. Our roadmap begins with renewed optimism for U.S.-China trade talks. Stocks are set to open higher. Some new records still within reach. Plus, Netflix is erasing its gains this year amid increasing streaming competition. Jim spoke exclusively with the CEO of one major competitor. His name, Bob Iger. The company, Disney. Full details from their conversation coming up. And under pressure, federal prosecutors in California reportedly opening a criminal probe of vaping company Juul. Stocks are looking to resume their march toward record highs. Investor sentiment getting a lift after Washington did confirm trade negotiations with China will resume in a couple of weeks. Meantime, the president will address the U.N. General Assembly in the next hour. We'll see how long he goes. Uh, Jim, as we get more news out of the U.K. Supreme Court, maybe uh, a lesser likelihood of a no-deal Brexit. Yeah, but I also I, there's another court uh, over there which is talking about uh, this is the EU court. E- European Commission gives a big win to Starbucks. Uh, in terms of charging Starbucks, they were violating EU state aid law. A lot of people reading that through to Apple. Now, there are some positive. Uh, Jeffrey's upgraded Apple, but Apple was some good news. Uh, Boris Johnson, obviously, a little trouble. Um, you know who's the most important person in foreign policy today? Nicole Rolf. Who? You know who Nicole Rolf is? David? It's Carl. For 500? Nicole Rolf? Okay. The Montana Farm Bureau Federation's <laughs> director of national affairs, who told us that the Chinese, that we shut down the Chinese. Now, this turned out to be not true. Now, how do I know this? Because Secretary Mnuchin embarrassed the heck out of the president yesterday. I mean, the most embarrassing act he could commit to the president by uh, saying, hey, listen, no, the, 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 we called off Montana, not they. But Nicole Rolf, who is the person who's running our farm policy today with China, did not. Did not say that. Nicole Rolf, that's who it is. Chinese are not visiting Montana. It was Nicole Rolf told the media, told CNBC, that we, uh, that they canceled the China trip. Turned out to be not true. And that's why the future. Who's the they here? uh, Han Jun. That's the Chinese canceling, but that is wasn't why, the case. This right. is why we saw a bit of a sell-off on Friday. Well, no, and not a bit of a sell-off. 27,150 to Dow went immediately to 26,949 in less than a minute because Nicole Rolf, <laughs> Nicole Rolf is in charge. Not Secretary Mnuchin, Nicole Rolf. Right. Now, I've Googled this woman nine ways to Sunday. There is nothing about her other than the fact that she kiboshed our whole foreign policy, and the president discovered it during a discussion with Mnuchin. Right. Mnuchin embarrassed the president beyond anything I've this ever was, seen. It was extremely awkward. This is what went down yesterday between the president and the Treasury Secretary. Watch this. 
Well, they're starting to buy a lot of our ag product, but Steve, could you... That that was actually our request. They delayed that. So we didn't want there to be any confusion. They have started buying agriculture. They're going to reschedule that at a different time. The timing didn't work. Uh, but that was that was purely our request. Why was that our request? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we, we didn't want confusion around the trade. Yeah, but I want them to buy farm products. They, there was no confusion. We want them to buy agriculture. <laughs> they've committed to buy agriculture, and they're doing. They've that. committed to buy a lot of agriculture, and they're going to start. And they've started, and we should get them over there as soon as possible, so they can start buying. So that obviously ag's important to the price. Well, when I was a, a judge for The Apprentice, I might add. Yes, of course. Not the Supreme Court. That happens under Elizabeth Warren. Uh, what was amazing was that he would have fired Mnuchin right there. He would have asked me, he would have turned to me and says, do you think Mnuchin or Nicole Rolf is in charge? I would have to say Nicole Rolf is in charge. Remember, she is the Montana Farm Bureau Federation's director of national affairs. National affairs. Did you know that, that, that Montana has a national affairs person? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, big sky. Big sky. And you know, I, I would have said, Mr. Pre- during the commercial, of course, Mr. President, uh, Secretary Mnuchin pants you. And he would say, pants? And I'd say, well, Mr. President, he made you look foolish because you thought that Nicole Rolf, that, the, that Han Juden stopped the trade. And, and I think he would have said uh, to Secretary Mnuchin, you're fired. And I think the reason why the market's up today is because Mnuchin is in charge of the Chinese thing, not, not Nicole Rolf. And the president looked foolish. And I don't think the president should be made to look like a fool. Not under his watch. This was not, by the way, uh, Secretary Mattis. Defense. This was Secretary Mnuchin. And he let this all weekend fester that it was the Chinese that, 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 that made the Montana farmers look bad? Are you saying the Treasury Secretary's job's at risk? Is that your point? That Mnuchin's going to be punished somehow? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you going to make the president look bad in front of everybody? You know, Was there any money he didn't look bad in front of? He's, um, he's lasted a long time. Well, I mean, yeah, but it didn't, did, 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 when I was on The Apprentice, so did Ev- uh, Evander Holyfield lasted a long time. He lasted, he lasted, he lasted like at least six episodes. I have a long hey, uh, Dennis Rodman lasted a long time. Dennis Rodman went pretty deep. He's like one of our only non-acting. Carol Alt went deep, and that was, that was, that, that was because of me. You like that, Carol She Alt. went deep because of me. He was married once to Ron Greshner. Just so you know. There's no accounting for taste. Ranger. No accounting yeah. for taste. Well, Jim, does it really matter as long as we do have the premiere coming on uh, the week of the 7th? Yes, but the market dropped badly. The president wants the stock market up, okay, number one. He wants a trade deal for ag, number two. What does Mnuchin want that he allowed, that, that he booted the Chinese out of Montana? Why? Well, we're going to sell them anyway. What, what would have been so bad to have the Chinese look at Montana? Montana's beautiful. They could have gone and say, like Bozeman said, man, we got to start buying some. What? Oh, you did. Again, he doesn't understand the podcast. You dissed me without saying anything. You just did the. You know what? On the, what do you know on the podcast when you do this? Like, for all they know, it's like I'm high fiving you and your chest bumping. It, it kind of feels like you want to deliver some knives here for Mnuchin. Jinsu. On behalf of some Jinsu. other people? Cutco. You ever have the guy comes and knock on your door at Cutco? Oh, you wouldn't know what a door is. Uh, and I, I mean, Anyway, the precedent looked pretty bad. And I think that the market went down because Nicole Rolf told CNBC that the Chinese stiffed us. But we stiffed the Chinese. Now, maybe we're playing a new sort of hardball with the Chinese. I don't think so because the president wasn't aware of it. So I think when I think someone's going down the elevator here. 
Wow. <laughs> it's wow. okay, Jim. And well, there's you no obviously, Uber. you've been saving this. You've been saving this well, for this, this moment. Well, because this was astounding to make the president look as bad as this happened. Astounding. We got to move on, but this was astounding. Every day you've got something new in your bag yeah. of tricks. Like, what, uh, but you want to talk about CarMax having good numbers? I mean, what do you want me to do here? We got, we got a lot of corporate news. Uh, yeah. Let's Talk Disney also uh, delivered by Jim. Bob Iger creating lots of buzz with his new book, The Ride of a Lifetime. In an interview you'll see tonight on Mad Money, he and Jim discuss why Disney did walk away from that deal to buy Twitter. There are revelations in the book, and I need to, fl- I need to flesh some out. Uh, there's a moment where you say, listen, we got to buy Twitter. And then you just walk away from Twitter. Why? Well, I got cold feet for the right reasons. Yeah, but then I, you didn't tell us. Well, I was taking. I thought we would be taking on responsibility that we that we shouldn't take on. It was too complex in terms of Twitter's place in the world and 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 everything that Twitter is used for, and it just didn't feel Disney to me. It was interesting because we thought it would be a good platform to distribute our content on and to get closer to consumers, which is critical in today's business environment. But I thought you know, there are things Disney does well. And there are things Disney doesn't do well, but there are things Disney shouldn't even try to do and well. And that's one of them. And that was one of them. I think the stock was at 12. It had broken down. 12, 14. He wanted to pay 19. Twitter wanted 23. I remember it t- well. At the time, what was really going on? Twitter was offering the NFL contract to Bob. But Twitter itself was so repugnant that even the NFL contract was not worth going for. Now, subsequently, Twitter turned around. Remember, the numbers were dropping day after day after day. So Bob Iger was right then. And by the way, in the new book, Trailblazer, and I will also have, as opposed to David, the exclusive interview with, with, with Mark Benioff on that book, he also says, I didn't buy Twitter. Now, it turns out both men are so proud they didn't buy Twitter. Well, Twitter turned out to be huge, huge, huge. So what? where's the pride? Where's the price? Buying Twitter would have been solved the NFL problem for Disney. It would have been able to make it so that, that there was no way that anyone could have sailed the information that came. Why is everyone oh, thinking I'm really off the reservation? No what stocks up, but Dorsey's been yeah. hammered by Congress. And you have no idea what problems it would have created for Disney or what an overhang it no, would have been. Like that. There, are anyway, issues. there are issues. The two things it's are not necessarily, they can both be true. Twitter they can, can both, have done Twitter well Twitter would have been bad. Disney made a good decision not to buy it. The Twitter that we have that we had then would have been bad for Disney. The Twitter that they had then would have been bad for Benioff. Benioff would have had to pay 30. Uh, Bob would have had to pay 23. But the fact is it would have been bad for both brands and the shareholders and board members didn't want anything to happen. But let's just look at Twitter now, the stock. It, it doesn't look so bad. Twitter, the stock's interesting here. Right. 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 I'm, I'm actually trying to reset my password on Twitter as we speak because this <laughs> computer didn't have it. Why don't you say I'm trying and to? I forgot what the heck it is. Oh, at least you're not looking at dog pictures. No, when I'm talking. You're looking at dog pictures. I have login issues. Well, I am making an incredibly important point. Do you really think so? Well, no, I'm really wasting our viewers' time. As opposed to control lives. I want to talk CTRL. about Disney and Netflix is what I want to talk what, about. about Netflix? Talk about that? The, the long lives are Netflix out for Netflix, Netflix like I've never seen. much more interesting, and that's what a lot of people want to talk about right now. As opposed to what I'm talking about is what you're implying. Yeah, as opposed to ancient history about Twitter and whether he bought it or not. We have to it. move on. No one even said that in my ear. I just want to move on because you're, you right now are dissing me at a level I have not. I mean, not since my wife made fun of me after the uh, Eagles lost uh, on Sunday the Lights. 
That was ill. That was ill. Well, it's a hard fought game, though. That was ill advice. Am I going the way of Mnuchin? Am I going to get fired here for this? Is this? You're fired. <laughs> what he would say, of course, is Jim Cramer says you should be kept as Treasury Secretary, and I respect. You know, and I, I'm thinking, but no, no, you're fired. Um, speaking of David and whether or not he's going to be fired, uh, there's a moment in Iger's book in which he mentions Faber. Jim discussed that with the <laughs> Disney CEO. You did. I want to tip uh, the hat to someone who works with me, my partner, David Faber, who you mentioned gave you a holy crap moment that I think is one of the funnier moments in the book. Yes. In the middle of the uh, competition, shall we say, between us and Comcast uh, for the Fox assets, uh, I had I was in Europe and I was actually headed to our office in London and uh, in a car and my phone rang, my, my mobile phone, my Apple phone, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was David. He said, well, that's some news. Do you want to comment? And I said, what news? And he told me that Brian had thrown in the towel or they had pulled out. And then I said, holy crap, I guess I can say that on, on Mad Money. Uh, yes, <laughs> David uh, was a newsbreaker there. I just felt that, you know, I'm so tired of David dissing me. I just said, I'll throw him a bone, see if the narrative doesn't change in our own show. So there you go. That's what I really think of my colleague. And I love you, too. Do you? you know that. Do you? Yes. But love means that I can actually disagree with you. Want to have a cocktail tonight? Sure. All right, Let's good. do it. Also, Let's uh, do it. David mentioned Netflix today. Pivotal uh, cuts their target by a third. From 515 to 350, uh, they were the street high on what they're calling material higher than forecast content cost inflation. Yeah, in order to keep up with the other companies, they think they have to spend more. I often think, no, they have to be a little more clever with their spend. But Netflix has become an open sore to this market. And I don't know how to turn it around. Uh, it's a nine-month low right there. Of course, went negative for the year yesterday. Uh, after Reed Hastings talked about a whole new world I know, in the cost inflation to I, variety. No, you go I, back I, to the date, sorry, uh, Jim, uh, on April 11th, when I last interviewed Mr. Iger. Right, yeah. The date of their uh, unveiling of, of Disney Plus. That, and and the unimportant interview, from, yeah. If you had shorted Netflix at that very moment, um, you know, the stock was $367 at the close that day. And you can see where Netflix oh, is right now. So it's it down over $100 in, right. since April 11th. There was a time not long ago, if you recall, when Netflix's market cap was above that of Disney. We used to point it out sort of on those days because it was so extraordinary. Now it is half that of Disney. Do you think, David, that the whole Reed Hastings, the more the merrier uh, storyline is over? Yes. You do? Yes. I think that that was misguided from the beginning. I've wondered why people didn't look at the Disney offering as potentially at least mitigating the potential growth of Netflix. I totally agree. And somehow that seems to now be a theme that people are wondering about. And by the way, I'm now yes. starting to hear this. Oh, Netflix might have to get into news and sports. What? Yeah. That'll cost a fortune. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? Yes. But you know what? i got to tell you, they have to do something because the signups are going to start going down. And that's, this thing's controlled by the signups. And if I uh, own the stock, I, I think I'd still sell it. Really? Yeah, Investors, uh, they, you, we, they can't take solace in international growth? No, because this expense line is not supposed to go up. It starts, at a certain point, it, stops, it has to start going down. Remember Amazon? You, you hit that inflection point. Without We're not going to hit the inflection Listen, point. They have not, obviously, oh, that last me, quarter they reported was before Disney Plus even came out. Let, me, no, no, let me get thing. it. What you have to do is you I'm have more, to... I, I'm, I'm there. I got the reset. I just feel like the whole time you was focused on this, I, I can solve this problem. Should I wait till the break? <laughs> You'll want to see a lot more of Jim's interview with Bob Iger tonight on Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. 
When we come back, it will get Kramer's mad dash countdown to the opening bell. A busy Tuesday shaping up as we await the president at the U.N. after 10 a.m. Eastern. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. About 18 minutes gone by so far on the show. We haven't mentioned Apple, so let's get to it. The Mad Dash is counting down the opening bell. 65 pages by Jeffries about why you should buy Apple with a price target of 260. It's most talking about 5G and talking about service revenue. David, some of us do channel checks. We're not satisfied with just the kind of lame o Wall Street research. And the Apple phone, the 11, doing incredibly well. I know people don't care, but they think the phone, who needs three cameras? No. Battery right, they love. But you know what my channel check show, David? What? What's on fire? What? The new watch. Wow. Easier to use, bigger face, scroll features, can't get everything you want. Sold out, sold out, sold out. Much of it sold out. My channel checks are real, and they're spectacular. Seinfeld did very well with those streaming rights. Newman. We haven't even mentioned Newman today. Um, but back to Apple for a moment. So sure, what you think is going to be perhaps something they can build a quarter on or a, re- I mean a, a, a positive storyline on? What, what Watch does is give you that inflection that it's not all cell phone. So you need that inflection. Right. You, know, you need services. You need watch. And that lets you stay on through until we get to 5G. Jordan River is deep and wide, but 5G is on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, they don't have a 5G handset as yet. One of the most under-owned versus its uh, market cap versus the S&P, you know, in terms of its weighting by active managers. It and AT&T. AT&T. The two most under-owned stocks. We, there was, uh, I think Mike Santoli should be saying, AT&T, look at it, the dividend is good. I like the dividend in AT&T. Yeah. But David, DirecTV, you know the contract runs out in a few more years. The NFL contract. But right. what else do they have? I would offload this DirecTV on anyone who would take it. Well, it still generates $4 billion in free cash flow a year. You mentioned AT&T's dividend. That's true. That's helpful towards it. If you were to take DirecTV right, that's out of AT&T and put it into the public market, you tell me, what, what would the multiple be? Four? Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Five. But, but would Faux Sun buy it? Faux Sun stepped in with Thomas Cook. Wow, you can really. Faux Sun. I don't get it. I got a couple of bridges for Faux Sun. I know. Uh, there's a couple of tunnels. Uh, Will you look at that? Yeah. Right here. There, right here, there were there were doubts, David. And I want to find out who were the doubt, doubters right here so I can just say we're not listening to them anymore. Okay. Minouche. Minouche. Still to come, President Trump will address the United Nations General Assembly. That's less than an hour from now. And we will bring you live coverage of his remarks. Here's another look at futures. We get started with trading here in nine minutes. Don't go anywhere. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance 
with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Stocks have been in a tight, tight range for eight days, a range of about 58 basis points. Uh, see if we can add to it, though. Today, futures are green. Opening bells in about six and a half minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in three and a half minutes. Pretty busy Tuesday here as we await the president at the U.N. Talked a bit about the Supreme Court in the U.K., uh, China trade. Um, although the Fed operation, the repo operation, was oversubscribed, rates been pretty stable for three days now. Yeah, I mean, I think that they put that deadline of when it was going to be taken care of. The New York Times with a curious mashup of what really happened in terms of uh, quantitative tightening, giving a nod to the president that he was worried about quantitative tightening, and perhaps he didn't realize the uh, repercussions, but boom. Uh, I think that we need this fear of the repo man off the, off the tape because it's one of these things where most of the people were, I were dealing with were saying, which bank is in trouble? This was, which was, uh, how did the Fed not know what they were doing? And the guy who used to run that desk was let go. I don't know, I felt better. You want to feel better. I mean, you, you, you had a couple jarring things. And if you can get the Fed off the table, we can stop talking about the Fed for a couple of days. Now, I know there are lots of Fed people who speak, and I wish that they would not speak. <laughs> they could, I wish they'd speak about, look, I mean, what? A, look, there's NFL teams in every place that they speak. Why don't you just talk about the NFL? We're market fantasy, you know what I mean? Why don't you just talk about their fantasy teams? Uh, well, Jim, if it's not the Fed, it's politics. Uh, more reports that allies of Pelosi are taking impeachment inquiry more seriously. President. You got um, Sanders with his wealth tax version out today right. in which billionaires would see their wealth cut in half in about 15 years, according to his own economists. Well, we'll see it cut in half by the, by the budget deficit no matter what. Running over a trillion already. Um, but he, uh, he really outdoes Warren there. Yeah, he, he does. makes her look like his, his quote to the Times is, "I don't think billionaires should exist." Yeah, that's that's what you know. Lenin, Lenin said that about the Kulix, and then Stalin felt that way about the Kulix, and Stalin starved them, and they didn't exist after he was done. So, I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, remember, he's a pseudo socialist, so to speak. But what really matters is these guys are trying to outdo each other, and it's playing. It's playing well because there's so much anger. By the way, GM stock should be down because that strike isn't going to end anytime soon. I mentioned that because well, these candidates that, make a pilgrimage in favor of the... That, right, Elizabeth Warren was there recently. Yeah, right. a number of the candidates there. You, it, why do you think it's going to end soon? Because there's really no alternative. GM has to win on this. The, the increases, I think, plus you can't just do... Like, Elizabeth Warren was right. Senator Warren was right. You can't, just, you can't move to Monterey anymore. You're, like, stuck here. 
So you got to fight. You got to fight. You got to win. You got to never give in. Well, uh, between the GM strike news, uh, Gone and his settlement yesterday, today uh, the CEO of VW is indicted, along with two other former and current managers on Dieselgate. It's taken four years. VW is the biggest auto company in the world. I mean, that was dramatic and underreported on. Uh, There's been so much shenanigans in these European and Japanese companies. Meanwhile, I thought that the president had to deal with Japan. Yeah, this looks like it's been complicated by a lack of guarantees on auto tariffs. Well, that's very negative because the president was counting on that uh, to be able to say, hey, listen, stop focusing just on China. There's other things going on. And, uh, wow, the president needs a win here. There's the opening bell. S&P Global celebrating Climate Week down here and the 20th anniversary of the Dow Jones Sustainability Index at the NASDAQ NGM Bio- Biopharma... <laughs> How do you say? Biopharmaceuticals focused on the treatment of cardiometabolic, liver, and oncologic. Yeah. Pharma is hard. Well, (laughs) there's a lot of pharma companies that have been really the place to be uh, if it's on oncology. Almost all the uh, oncological companies have have been on fire here. Um, By by the way, the president president got a win on. Overtime workers just came. I didn't. So that we uh, we at least new overtime rules. Pharmaceutical prices. The Journal today doing a a take out on. uh, sort of where things stand right now and how they're trying to beat back any efforts, obviously, in the current Congress to uh, to initiate uh, price control. I don't know if you know, price controls, but right. significant relief for uh, for consumers. Right. Well, and how bad that would be, obviously, they feel for the industry, that uh, being the industry itself. Speaker, Speaker Pelosi involved with that. Speaker Pelosi, again, does not want uh, impeachment hearings. We know that now. She's leaning... But she really wants to win in the ballot box, which she told me last week. Uh, but she didn't. She had wanted to try to weigh in drugs. By the way, the drug cost that is really speaking of cancer, that is really six, seven times is the markup on drugs in last of life when it comes to cancer, and at hospital when it comes to cancer. That's where the big, big overage is. Right. If we ever were to truly move to uh, to uh, nationalized health care, that's where you'd have to focus because yes, that's so much of the cost. Right. That's the cost. It's like, sorry, when and, you're 90 years old, you don't get it. When my father was 92, in 92, we had a very interesting discussion with the doctors uh, about how, you know, the, the kids who weren't even there for all the other parents, they said, hey, listen, you know, keep them alive. And, and a huge expense to that. We were there, and we had a... Boy, it's University of Pennsylvania. What a great place to die. Oh, that didn't come out right. Um, it, it's a great hospital. It's better. Put it that way. That sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some upgrades uh, having some impact today. Ralph Lauren uh, gets upped over at Atlantic. Uh, Snap, Jim, over at Guggenheim. Oh, to buy. And none of these things matter nearly as much as, the, as Facebook buying Control Dash Labs by Thomas Reardon, a remarkable guy from a family of 18, by the way, uh, who uh, started Internet, who created Internet Explorer. This is, the, this is actually, if you guys are old enough to remember the movie Carrie, where you had telekinesis, where she could move something by thinking of it. This thing does that. It decodes electrical signals uh, with an armband. And I think, once again, Zook has done something, Mark Zuckerberg has done something very interesting that's going to be overlooked until it takes over the world. We all have an armband that makes us move that uh, thermos to our mouths. 
People said uh, it's a bold move for Zuck to do a reported billion-dollar deal in this environment. Right, at the time when, when uh, Voldemort, David, Voldemort? Uh, Voldemort. Voldemort? Yeah, Voldemort. Doesn't, that was a project, you know. That was a snap project yeah. investigating all the ways. But they come up with a funny Facebook name for it, you know. Voldemort. Tried to take their various yeah. initiatives. Yeah, I mean, what was, what's a good name? That's a great name for a project if you really want to make someone look Oh, this is Snap's Revenge. There's yes, no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, Page one of the journal today. Yeah. Uh, Neo's down 18%. Oh. Um, Chinese electric car maker, wider losses, revenue down, cutting 2,000 jobs, canceling the conference call. Uh, these ADRs, of course, uh, but um, that's a new low. Yeah, that's a suboptimal stream of things. Now, Neo was at its high during, it was the 60 Minutes, where it was basically saying it's going to take over the world. Now, that's Neo, not 60 Minutes, but that was a spike all the way up to 10 uh, in the middle of February. So that's just been, that's, wow, that's like Eli Manning since then, like in 2010, and then Eli Manning <laughs> is today. And, well, and Manning's, avail- Manning's Manning available for- 98% of all leagues. That's just, just, that's just mean. Why? Just mean. Why is that great mean? career. Why does that mean? If I on the bench, well, about time. I mean, I'm not a G-Man fan, but you know that was getting embarrassing. Maybe the case, but well, Sackwan's face uh, out till November, right? Yeah, that's well, insane. I think that's early. You know, that's, that's a high. An- it's not an ankle sprain; it's a high ankle sprain. I know that's really far afield from control uh, laps, but it is. I think that the NFL. I've not. We've not been able to talk ratings. I think that this is the first year where NFL is watchable and everything. I mean, you know, you know, there's people using this thing, jailbreak, where you can just get around. I mean, that's just, people should be prosecuted for that. That reminds me of, uh, you know, music when it was being hijacked. But you can find, the NFL is available, like, on flagpoles. Is there a place the NFL is not available? You know, trash cans. Anywhere. You still have to pay a lot for it if you're trying to broadcast it. So, well, a good luck. question for the likes of CBS when, uh, when it comes up. And what the NFL will choose to do, although I think they're obviously talking to them all the time about if, all the ways that... If you uh, were Sherry Redstone, would you sell? CBS, would you uh, sell right now? Sell what? The network, the combined network. No, I don't, I don't believe Even you. Well, the stock goes You're still down. waiting on the integration. Is there a floor to Viacom? Begin, frankly, it's in process. They'll close the deal, what? Viacom's well, where's the, closing where's the floor to Viacom? There's someone well year. started with the sell today. Wait, was this one of those, you know, it was like sell, stock stop at zero, thank heavens? I mean, what, what kind of sell down here? A sell. I didn't see that. Somebody put it Well, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. It basically said that it's like, you know, I hate Lucy. It was the conclusion there. Remember remember that fella who ran CBS for a long time? You spoke about Lucy. What's the fella? What's the fella? Leslie Moonves, yeah. (laughs) He said it. He said it. I knew he'd say it. You are? I think so. I'm not so sure. Um, but, Jim, I, you know, at some point, obviously, this well, the NFL will become a, a key focus for investors there. Yes, but right now, they just focus on the integration, on the synergy numbers. Spoke to Bob Backus last week about it. So did obviously, I. Those numbers so are low. We'll see. I talked about it. Uh, Cleveland out. Jim, Target <laughs> continues to kiss 110. And it deserves uh, it. Cleveland says Target's uh, Q3 sales are on fire. Um channel checks suggest big winner on back to school yeah they had when you went to them on back to school what they've done is finally what i was hoping macy's would do you go to a target they have your school's colors they even had uniforms for local schools that's how much brian cornell has localized target 
you know, companies have nationalized their brands. He's localized in a way that is so impressive. I have to be Brian Cornell's agent because, I mean, even his wife doesn't speak as lovingly about him as I do. I know that because my wife sat next to his wife at a dinner. I'm like, look, this guy is doing what you really need if you're going to win. He's got shipped, which is, by the way, Dave, spelled with a T, um, which is an unbelievable service. He's got beautiful stores, and they're localized. And the, diff- the different footprints of stores are amazing. And remember, Bed Bath is the story that store that keeps giving to Target. I think it's not... You, you did it again. What did I do? You yawned. No, I didn't. You yawned. No, I didn't. Why does he do this to me, Carl? <laughs> it's I, praised not, him, it's not. I praised him with the Iger interview. What, what does he do? Why does he have to yawn? <laughs> I'm getting old. What can I tell you? Oh, I'm you know getting young? I'm, I'm getting young? Every day, get younger. Guys, if I At least you're not picking you, your nose. No, not yet. Um, if I, we'd walked in on January 1st and I'd said, you know what you should be buying this year? It's going to be just great for you. Blackstone. Stock's been good. Amazing. Been Did you gen- notice what it, this no, stock no, is up since no, the beginning really of this year? And my hat. Uh, by t- the way, KKR as well. And, uh, right. I think Apollo also. Stephanie Lynch had that call at 25. Blackstone it was remarkable. It's now got a $63 billion market value. Look at the move. Look at that move. It's deserving. Year. Look at the management. That thing is managed uh, that, the that's so good. The move to become a C-Corp. Obviously, Look at that the drop in rates. You know, for a long time, the this company did David. very well getting a return on the assets that it was taking in for clients, but not doing very well in terms of actually generating return on its own stock. Uh, that changed dramatically over the last uh, seven, eight months. A lot of people say that outside of Silicon Valley, that's the firm you want to work in. in the that's the what? That's the firm you want to work in. People saying Blackstone's the toughest job to get in the East. So many of these jobs are so difficult to get. It's amazing. You hear all about how people want to work in technology and everything else. Is there a Try sp- to get into one of right. those training programs or get the internship after junior year at a gold. Oh, my God. Is that important? Or a Jeffries or in any college, center, In college. Any people don't even go to business school. So is there a Springer for like to get placed at Blackstone or Goldman? I don't know. I don't know. Springer, you know what that's a reference to? Uh... The college scandal? Yeah. Yeah. Is but there a guy? Name? It, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was something else. Who? Which one? The guy who could go into jail, maybe, for uh, yeah, the guy who that was his name. Oh, oh, come on. Everybody knows. We go, we go on Twitter. Twitter. Why, they should have bought guys, Twitter. Why do you guys think Twitter. about that? Uh, Vanity Fair out today, David. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Sherman yep. uh, reporting that uh, Newman went to Cupertino and pitched uh, the CFO of Apple on an investment. Apple said no. Uh, a source told Sherman this was a Hail Mary of sorts, uh, but obviously on a week where we're waiting to see how his interaction with the board goes. Uh, yeah, David, you, you know, had an interesting breakthrough yesterday that made me feel like that his, that his days are numbered. Um, Singer. It was Singer, not Stringer. Singer. Um, Singer. Yes. Uh, you know, I have no news, no new news today. It, can't, it takes 48 hours for somebody to call a meeting for it to actually occur of the board. There does appear to be a split on the board in terms of Mr. Newman's future. The question, of course, also is what will he do should the board request he step down as CEO, perhaps become chairman? Can they find uh, a a, a qualified, well-thought-of person to uh, take over the reins of the company? You'd have to think that is the the best-case scenario in some ways, that Newman remains, obviously, as the controlling shareholder, as the visionary, but as chairman, and you get somebody else in. Otherwise, it's hard to imagine this company ever gets to the public markets, at least in the near term, because either you remain as is and he remains and there's this cloud above him, regardless of what he might do to try to to get rid of that. And time can obviously help. They may report what's a good quarter. That can help. But it's going to take a while. 
or he fights, as you take a look at uh, uh, the president arriving at uh, the U.N., um, as he uh, gets prepared to give his remarks to the, uh, about a half hour or so from now. Right. Oh. It's concerned India. They're talking. I'm certainly willing to help. I think they would, in a certain way, like my help, but they have to both want it. Uh, they have very different views, and I'm concerned about it. On Iran, I think we're doing very well. Let's see what happens with Iran. But we are uh, we're in very strong position on Iran, and I think they'd like to do something. And I think it would be a smart thing for them if they did. to the Washington Post a story about you supposedly asking um, and withholding or holding the funds and aid for Ukraine. And the second one is you meeting tomorrow with Venezuela, uh, with leaders of Latin America to talk about Venezuela. Nicolas Maduro said that if the United States changed the policies of Obama, they, they will meet with you and they would love to have talks. So here's the story. Very simply, we're watching Venezuela very closely. As far as withholding funds, those funds were paid. They were fully paid. Uh, but my complaint has always been, and I'd withhold again, and I'll continue to withhold until such time as Europe and other nations contribute to Ukraine, because they're not doing it. It's the United States. We're putting up the bulk of the money. And I'm asking, why is that? And I want Europe, and it's always been this, and everybody knows it. Every single reporter knows it. Everybody in the administration knows that what I want, and I insist on it, is that Europe has to put up money for Ukraine also. Why is it only the United States putting up the money? And, I, and by the way, we paid that money. But I always ask, why aren't other countries, in Europe especially, putting up money for Ukraine? Yes. I think it's ridiculous. It's a witch hunt. Uh, I'm leading in the polls. They have no idea how they stop me. The only way they can try is through impeachment. This has never happened to a president before. There's never been a thing like this before. It's nonsense. And when you see the call, when you see the readout of the call, uh, which I assume you'll see at some point, you'll understand. That call was perfect. It couldn't have been nicer. And even the Ukrainian government put out a statement that that was a perfect call. There was no pressure put on them whatsoever. But there was pressure put on with respect to Joe Biden. What Joe Biden did for his son, that's something they should be looking at. Go ahead, you. Because very important, very important, I want other countries to put up money. I think it's unfair that we put up the money. Then people called me, they said, oh, let it go, and I let it go. But we paid the money. The money was paid. But very importantly, Germany, France, other countries should put up money. And that's been my complaint from the beginning. Well, we're going to see what happens, but I think Iran is coming along well. Regardless of what happens, we're in very good shape with respect to Iran. Okay? Thank you, everybody. That's the president offering an explanation on um, 
why he withheld uh, about $400 million in aid to Ukraine, uh, saying it's because of the rest of Europe was not contributing. Of course, I uh, withheld that aid, according to The Washington Post, uh, at least a week before a phone call in which he is said to have pressured the president of Ukraine to investigate the son of Joe Biden. Uh, we'll see how much traction this gets, Jim. Uh, a lot of discussion about uh, is there a tipping point, in, in the House at least, to look into with this further. Right. I think that the, there are a lot of people in the House, obviously, who would like to look at many different things. The president's very good at kind of making the narrative hard to understand. You, you, you sit back and you say, well, I guess it's just a pox on both houses. And he's done this many, many times. And in, in the end, the press gets tired of writing about the same story. And that the Senate doesn't expresses no interest. So the House you know, doesn't because they know it won't matter. It's Pyrrhic. And and uh, Speaker Pelosi just says, look, let's find a candidate uh, who beats him. Let's not win this way. Doesn't help. We got to govern. She says it over and over and over again that we must, they have to govern. And I think that she is as fed up with those who just kind of want to try to beat the president in the impeachment way because it's not what the party wants. And that's why stocks basically don't blink? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. That's why they don't blink. And I think that we have these things and they happen. And the president says, look, my base loves me and we just move on. Yeah, he prints his popularity numbers every few days, you know, every day on Twitter. You can just follow his popularity if you want to. Uh, extremely high popularity within the party. He that's does. Absolutely true. Uh, Dow's up 100 and we're back above 3K. Let's get to Bob Pisani, Bob. And a very good start to today. We had almost three to one advancing to declining stocks. Uh, Carl, good morning, everybody. I think the important thing about today is this rotation that keeps going on, but there's not a lot of clear leadership. It just kind of keeps flip-flopping back and forth. Today, we've got semiconductors up, consumer discretionary, retail, generally considered to be cyclical groups. Banks, which were doing well a couple of weeks ago, kind of flattish now. Energy has been declining for the last couple of days. So the, the leadership is not clear. The point is that enough... Groups are up on any single day to keep basically the markets holding up. We've gone essentially sideways for the last two weeks on the S&P 500. We're only 1% from a new high on the S&P, but there's not a lot of new highs. We noted yesterday Walmart, Procter & Gamble, uh, these are essentially historic highs. And Once again, all of the utility stocks are the market leadership in terms of the new high, but that's been going on really for, uh, for the last several months overall. So you see Southern Duke Energy at new highs. There's only one 52-week low. On the S&P 500, we talked about this yesterday, uh, and that is FedEx. FedEx is essentially near a three-year low, not just a 52-week low. Uh, one of the great tropes of Wall Street beliefs is that FedEx is somehow indicative. Uh, when FedEx drops dramatically like this, that it's a sign that the U.S. might be going into recessions or those kinds of things. Uh, Bernstein had a very interesting paper out this morning, very academic looking at the whole history of this belief on Wall Street that FedEx is indicative of the health of the U.S. and the global economy. And their conclusion was, very simply here, that stock price, the decline in FedEx stock price, does not indicate that a recession risk in the U.S. is higher. Specifically, the decline in the stock price is not indicative that the recession risk is necessarily higher. Uh, and that the in impact uh, on FedEx from the stock price decline is due to 
what they call idiosyncratic issues. They put that uh, in quotation marks. Uh, they talked about elevated levels of capital spending, some poor investments they had done, stuff we haven't talked about, stock-specific stuff. I think it's an important conclusion because this is a big belief on Wall Street that somehow FedEx is the canary in the coal mine overall. Uh, kudos to Bernstein on this. Uh, Q3 earnings, well, we're not quite in the middle of it, but it really has started. We've had actually eight companies that have reported so far. AutoZone reported today, CarMax, uh, both of them beat although AutoZone, it looks like they might have added, uh, had an extra week in there that helped them out here, but uh, down slightly and fractionally higher here for CarMax. Again, eight companies reporting. So far, the numbers are slightly negative for, for the third quarter, just like they were for the start of the second quarter. It does look like, though, if the historic trend happens, we're going to be positive slightly for the third quarter. So again, no earnings recession here, Q4, and of course, first quarter of Q1 2020 are the big issues right now, but that earnings recession story that we talked about so much in the first quarter still hasn't happened this year. Guys, back to you. Thank you very much, Bob. Let's get to the bond pits as well. A busy day. Rick Santelli at the CME with some data in a few minutes. Morning, Rick. Absolutely. We do have some data in a few minutes. Consumer confidence always important. Look at a intraday of two-year note yields. They're down about a basis point. Now, if you look at what's going on in tens, I picked the 13th to start this chart. That's when we had the best intraday, highest level since the route where rates dropped in August. You see it to the left, up at 190. Here we now sit at 169, down four basis points. Look at the effect it's had on the yield curve. That's tens minus twos, and it's an intraday. Yes, we're hovering around two basis points, splitting those two maturities. Minus five basis points was the cycle low close on the 27th of August. Just to give you a a bit of context, seven basis points away, maybe the biggest issue with this and all the attention it's received, probably, in my opinion, overly attentive, is the fact that it hasn't gone negative and gone big negative as in past uh, reactions that we should pay attention to when it really starts to go and stay negative. Finally, the dollar index. Okay, today we had a 30 billion repo operation, 14 day. Why 14 day? Guess what happens? This is the end of the quarter. Probably gives some liquidity as we go into the end of the quarter, the third quarter. But it really hasn't affected the dollar. Many think ongoing operations injecting liquidity is going to take some of the pressure off. As you see on this chart, dollar index looks pretty good. I picked the 16th to start that chart because that was cash crunch day. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Rick, thank you very much. Still to come this morning, uh, the president's address to the U.N. General Assembly. The watch is on to see what he might say about other issues like Iran. There's the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, talking about the fires in the Amazon, commenting on some uh, policies in Venezuela as well. We'll bring you live coverage all morning long. Dow's up 106. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. About to start earnings season. People always focus directly on the earnings. They shouldn't. They should be focusing on the full holistic. American Express yesterday, 120 million share buyback, 10% boost the dividend. People want to know why stocks are a great asset. It's because of something like that. The stock is still not quitting. It was right there. It was low-hanging fruit. People waiting for earnings, forget it. People looking at the chart, forget about it. What it is, what matters is American Express will buy every share you want to sell them. Uh, third of the float, even though there's no timeline on this one, right? American Express is an Crazy. amazing company, and it should be bought right here, right now. All right, Jim, what do you got tonight? We got Bob Iger. He's going to talk about David and holy crap, but he's also <laughs> going to talk about Twitter and about whether uh, Tim Cook is a good uh, guy who runs Apple. Does he run well, or, or are, are Apple's best days um, 
behind them, as some of the very prominent analysts continue to say when they're on our network. Uh, you thrown it all by FT this morning, uh, insider trading or insider selling at a two decade high. You know what? It should be. It should be high, given the fact that there's tremendous worry. And so I don't blame anyone. Particularly, I mean, look, there are people who in the Democratic Party who truly believe that I think that the country's off the rails and they're sellers. Um, that's where we are. There's also people who say if Elizabeth Warren gets in. Well, you know what? you got to sell your stock now because there's not going to be a tax on capital gains. There's going to be a tax on income of which capital gains are good. Now, you can bank on that. You can take that to the bank that there'll be no difference between capital gains and ordinary income. That's over. So you should sell. It's over. Yep. It's good to get you on the record. Arms of that, Jim. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.